Welcome to the 55 Safe Spaces podcast, hosted by Sylvia and Rimbi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 55 Safe Spaces podcast. Today, we have an awesome guest, and her name is Jacqueline Sibanda. Jacqueline, welcome to the 55 Safe Spaces. Thank you, Rimbi. Thank you, Sylvie, for having me. Thank you for honoring us with your time. We really appreciate it. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> That's great. Um, so yeah, Jacqueline, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, from my career or just Jacqueline the person? Jacqueline the person. Yeah, heritage, <laughs> things you really want to share. Jacqueline, the person, is just a Zimbabwean that found herself in London, ended up in the U.S., and is just trying to make sense of the world as it keeps changing right now. Um, I have a 19-year-old son, and he keeps me busy (laughs) from afar. Right. They just do. Um, I work in communications, international development. I have an obsession with telling the stories of um, African women entrepreneurs. So somewhere between all those balls in the air, I try to keep it all moving and try to do work that I find meaningful, but that I also enjoy. My one mantra that I always, always, always tell people, and I'm sure Rumbi has probably heard it from me before, (laughs) is when a situation professionally, personally doesn't feel right, jump, you know, and Mm -hmm. wait for the match to appear. But don't stay and think you can make something that's not working better. And that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that nugget. At least I know what you're trying to say. And uh, yeah, I get to share that. Because Rumbi already knows it. Which know? <laughs> <laughs> is so true. And I think that's what's been like yeah. one thing that I was, I found like very interesting about you. Like this fear, I guess, this inability to always be willing to relocate and transition. Um, is that the mantra that kind of keeps you going in all these, you know, new dimensions that you've had over the couple of years? Actually, I think it was instilled um, by my mother. She was fearless. She was fearless and she was convinced that she wasn't ordinary, you know, so you could not tell her (laughs) (laughs) that something wasn't for her because she was totally unequivocally convinced that she wasn't ordinary, you know. That was, do you know, she would literally ask, do you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're <Yeah>. just <laughs> a Zimbabwean woman who thinks she's everything and then some <laughs> instilling the fear of God in people <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you know who I am she would ask equally if she wasn't getting her way oh, wow. and it worked. it worked for her so yeah that's sort of what underpins my approach to the world and, and going after the things that I need to get fundamentally for survival, but also want to get because I have choices. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like there was a point in your life where you had limited choices or did you always 
or were you always being able to look at situations and find opportunities even in a dark space? I think um, quite accidentally, um, I found choices, mm-hmm. um, but I also went after the choices. You know, if I saw an opportunity, um, I wasn't afraid to to go after it. Whether that was spending a year in Northern California as an exchange student, in my teens, um, because I learned about this. Um, exchange program where you could go and live with an American family. And it was so interesting for me. I lived with a, a black American pastor and his family. They host families. That's what they call it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've host done family. that as well. Yeah. Did, did you do AFS? No, no, no. I did uh, Mandela Washington Fellowship, but it wasn't, we weren't oh, really so, staying with yeah. them. We were just like visiting. Every no, day. I, I lived with them for a year. It was nice. a proper, you know, um, for an exchange thing. And it was it was nice. It was interesting. And it broadened your horizons. You build family um, in different places and spaces, right? Mm-hmm. And you realize that human connection, you know, is not necessarily bound just by blood or familiarity or the same language or the same culture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I've just, from this was at 16, so I guess I've just been an explorer which I assume was probably um, seeded by the fact that I moved to England when I was seven, couldn't speak a word of English, but started school. And literally the only subject I could do was math because numbers are always numbers, right? One Mm. plus one is always going to be one plus one. Yeah. Um, So even, I guess, at that young age, I was forced to be courageous. And even if it was uncomfortable then, it turned out to, you know, to build the foundation that's powered my courage to go after what I want or to go into unfamiliar spaces um, mm-hmm. and know that I can, I can survive and, and actually thrive in any environment. Wow, that is so inspiring. One of the things that most people really struggle to, to uh, master is the art of the way you, you mentioned jump whenever you feel things are not right in your career or anything else. But then yeah. how, how have you grounded yourself in knowing I'm progressing from A to B to C? I know all these parts are always riddled with, you know, various, you navigate, you go through various parts to get to that point. But then have you felt over time in your career that you've mastered that and you always know in your gut that things, this is what it is and I have to go for it this way and not go through a whole zigzag to get there. I think I might be a bit of a spoiled brat because (laughs) when when push comes to shove, um, I'm always clear that I want what I want, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't not want what you want. And so when you get to that point where this is not working for me um, and I see something that I think will work better, then I'm going after the something that's going to work better. I'm not going to stay in suffering (laughs) because there are no awards or rewards for that. Nobody's going to give me I like, I like, Yeah, I like the way you said no suffering. This all glorification of suffering until you get it. Yeah, I'm a whim. Yeah, I'm a whim. <laughs> a whim. I don't like to be in an unhappy place. I don't like to, yeah, to be uncomfortable. I'm a creature of comfort by nature. And 
Yes. And life is short, you know? Mm-hmm. Life Absolutely. is short. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the reason why we were laughing is because we are happy that, you know, we we are in this group of friends, like friends who have like we are always meeting up, young women who are always discussing and we are always saying do not glorify suffering just because no <laughs> you are thinking about the potential of something in the future you don't have to suffer there are other options no, no. yeah yeah suffering doesn't have to be top of the list right it's so true and then there's also this dynamic that um you know you mentioned earlier you're a mother to a 19 year old and there's always this connotation of women can't have it all you know if you want to be a mother um, and have a career you can't have that uh, if you, you have to choose one or the other which I feel like oh, they say one thing would, would suffer. suffer you know what are your thoughts on that it's, it's hard it's hard work and there's a lot of juggling involved but um, mm-hmm. what happens very quickly is that they grow up and right. they become independent or you coach them into independence at some point, my son could have the key to the front door. I didn't have to pick him up from school and make sure he was home, or I didn't have to pay somebody to pick him up and take him to daycare. At some point, everything, nothing is static in life. So things evolve, mm-hmm. and they evolve really quickly when it's your day-to-day. And mm-hmm. so at some point, he was old enough to get on the school bus and go home by himself. <laughs> um, he was old enough to be able to get himself a snack. He was old enough to be able to carpool with friends and go to soccer practice. So nothing stays the same forever. Um, what you learn to do is is just accept that in this phase, over the next couple of years, um, our routine is going to be very different to what I, I know will be different. Well, to what I know will come when he's more independent and fortunately in the u.s he you know kids can get their driver's licenses pretty <laughs> early in my opinion at 16 and yeah. so at some point he was able to you know to drive to school or he had friends that could drive so a lot quicker than i imagined he became relatively independent the one thing that doesn't change is needing my money <laughs> <laughs> Forever. No shame. Let's rush Let's accelerate that process of financial independence for the boy. It's it's uh, yeah, it's so interesting that you mentioned that nothing stays the same and you know that speaks to you know, we were, when we were reading about you a lot online we we discovered <laughs> we discovered besides, you know, being in the FTB, you've worked with the World Bank, you've worked with all these, you know multinational institutions you know at all levels but then you also have your things going on in terms of um mentoring other people and also always looking at sustainability there's always something more that you're doing is that the kind of approach you've given it in terms of nothing stays the same this project is gonna go to this level kind of thing or I don't know that it was deliberate, <laughs> but there are there are people that I meet, you know, the Roombies and now you um, are just inspire really interesting conversations and ideas. Um, and so I enjoy those conversations. I get a lot from those conversations. Um, I find them energizing. I find them 
really exciting for the future of the continent and the role of women, your generation mm-hmm. in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're not willing to settle for an Africa that totally. doesn't meet your needs. And at the same time, you're not willing to be forced out of that mm-hmm. Africa so you can find societies that let you be empowered and free to speak and be yourself, young women in the world. Mm. So I don't know. Um, I, I just I'm attracted to to positive movements, I guess. Right. You know, the first time I marched was um, when Margaret Thatcher <laughs> the UK introduced student well was threatening to introduce student loans, um, <laughs> which certainly happened um, in a system that historically, you know, you could go st- up to your first expected and then that slowly changed in my last year of university and they started introducing loans you know and that has an impact for um, certain segments of of the community where it's the difference between somebody's child being able to get a college degree mm-hmm. and not being able to get a college degree so that was a very big and consequential um, decision that the British government made at that time and that was also the first year I actually marched for something (laughs) who bunked off school and joined the National Students Union to to go marching for student loans oh wow you know so yeah 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 so that that was like it so I've been very very socially active um, since then and it's a lot easier now because you can <laughs> do it online and give money yeah. instead of getting on the streets <laughs> that's so true yeah, yeah and then one of the things that we definitely i think that's how we met we just randomly i guess when people see zimbabweans in places they're like oh you they think yeah, every zimbabwean oh, know knows zimbabwe. each other <laughs> What do you mean you're one of the Zimbabweans? What do they think? So we were at the Africa Tech Summit. It was some after-party event or something. Mm -hmm. So I was just talking to other people. She was somewhere talking with other people. And there was somebody that met both of us. And Uh, it's just like, I have a Zimbabwean friend. You must know her. Like, I don't know her. (laughs) It was Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Yes. And then before you know, we were like, ah. And automatically it's Zimbabwean. So we just click, we connect. And the one thing I found was just like this um, 55 stories. Um, And I think during that time, that's when you ended up doing an interview on Yummy and Fresh. I come because I wanted to to interview Pearl. Yeah. well, I came, I got a ticket to the tech summit and then um, a friend in, um, in DC um, connected me to Rachel and her family so that I would know people mm-hmm. in, in Kigali. I've never been to Rwanda. I did not know anyone in Kigali. And then, yeah. So oh, wow. All sort of the first time in Kigali. Yeah. Yeah. You looked like you were yeah. like, we, we had here yeah, before. <laughs> I have now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean at the time you thought I'd do yes. that? No. Yeah. No, but I could I could do that because somebody had introduced me to somebody who was going, you know? So I had connections set up, which was nice, right? One, yeah. there was the interview with Pearl, and two, there was Rachel and her family, you know, who just took amazing care of me. And so, yeah, I felt, I felt, I felt very much at home because I had people, right? And that's one of the things I think that empowers 
me to go to different countries, different places. I think once you have at least one person mm-hmm. who is there, who is going to receive you and help you find your way in that new space, um, you really have not much to fear because you have somebody that you can ask questions. You have a roof over your head. You have somebody that's willing to listen. And so I think that's always my starting point is, you know, who is the one person who will essentially be my fixer or help me navigate this unfamiliar environment? And I think at the very least, if you can find that one person or that one contact or that one email for yourself, Mm -hmm. then you will discover a whole community of people that will help you navigate whatever journey you're trying to make. In that it's so moment. true and it's so true and I think yeah. you know that's the one of the things I found like uh, as women that meet each other and um, you know even if there's different ages and just yeah. having a passion yeah. for something and I think what we're yeah. is like you know you want to tell the story of African women entrepreneurs, which is mm-hmm. also like in line with 55 Safe Spaces. We wanted to give a spotlight yeah. for African female voices because a lot of the time um, these stories are just not being told. These stories are not there for the world to see. They might know them in our families and our communities, no, but on the yeah. big global level, um, we just... Nobody knows what the African woman is doing outside. Nobody knows Jacqueline is a bad uh, communication expert. <laughs> exactly. Who runs 55 stories, you know? <laughs> Nobody knows, like, this woman went from Zimbabwe oh, to the World funny. Bank at HQ World Bank, by the way, you know? <laughs> and then now is at HQ African Development Bank. And then got oh. 55 stories. And then, you know... So inspiring. And then also got their own, you know, building their own career. Because, you know, when somebody does movements in such big uh institutions i think it takes then that boldness that you know you can enter any space and you can you can definitely let your skills speak for themselves at any place so you possibly even have a lot more confidence and strength to to now do a lot of private stuff like consulting or etc um than before I feel like jobs are the easy part, right? Because mm-hmm. you apply for something, um, you interview for something, you either get it or you don't. Um, the part, <laughs> no gray the part where... <laughs> huh? I said there's the no part... gray area. You no, there's no gray area. Yeah. yeah, right. And if you don't, that means there's something else, more interesting, bigger, better um, on your path. So you're not going to get distracted by that. Um, but for me, I think it's, 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 it's pragmatic, right? You need to pay the bills. I need to feed the child. I need to make the trips if I'm going to get the conversations with the African women entrepreneurs. But at the same time, you have to be, um, happy with, with what you're doing. Um, even if it's a means to an end eventually, there's no point getting a really crappy job by saying, oh, but at least it helps me record the podcast because you're going to be miserable. <laughs> you're going to be miserable. And when you're miserable, you can't create, right? So it's striking a balance between being practical um, and, 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 and also 
not putting your your dream on ice you know you can't guarantee that 20 years from now when you've saved up a million dollars mm. to go around the world and get all the conversations for 55 stories or 55 safe spaces you can't guarantee you'll even be alive at that point you know mm-hmm. so i think the trick has been balancing you know doing a little bit of what you would love to do um in the present, um, but also, you know, being humble enough to know that I'm not independently wealthy. I don't come from a rich family at all. Um, So I know that I have to work for a living. And, you know, my one goal, you know, for my child is to to get him through his first degree, at least without student loans, because that becomes a noose around, you know, a child's neck and they have to take the first job out of graduation because they've got student loans to pay off. And it's... It doesn't give people choices. You know, you funnel them very early into the, like, the job or not. It pays the bills. It pays your student loans. So you get stuck in it. I want them to have, you know, a little bit of freedom. Um, go, you know, the road route. And that's fine. But at least he had a choice. Mm-hmm. At yeah. least he had a choice. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's choices, I think, is is what I've always had the guts to make is, is to feel like I've got a choice. Even maybe when I didn't, I, I created a choice because I want what I want. Right. So. <laughs> totally. And that is really inspiring because most people get stuck in the whole, uh, you apply for one thing, the way, you know, you mentioned that just because you've been rejected on that job opportunity, doesn't, it means maybe there's something bigger and better for you to go for and it's so good to hear someone also that relates with that because most people will just apply for that thing and then give up and say no I wasn't good enough nope it wasn't good (laughs) enough for me (laughs) that's why you shoved it out of my way so I can really you know double down and focus on what I'm supposed to do you know yeah so I guess yeah no I always take that as a good indication because it's like okay (laughs) <laughs> and and usually you know when you apply for something that you don't really want and you're sort of making what you think is a safe choice the universe will just shove it out of the way for you since you haven't had the guts to do it yourself exactly. <laughs> you won't get that so-called opportunity because it's not the opportunity for you and you move on yeah you move on totally and sometimes totally. like i really like to just you know when something hasn't worked out i try not to find a replacement urgently or feel like I have to fill that spot, you know. Uh, I do try, you know, um, to take a minute just to listen, to see, you know, what's coming my way. If not this, Mm -hmm. then there must be something intended for me coming my way. But if you don't wait long enough and you start frantically looking for the very first thing, you know, just to fill that gap, then you miss that magic um, where opportunities are always heading your way opportunities that are right for you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't clear the clutter and stop running around like a headless chicken, you'll miss that. <laughs> you know, right. I love that, you know, like you say, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and you can see opportunities coming um, and to get clarity on opportunities. Would you say, um, you know, when you came back on the continent, uh, you know, with working with AFDB, was it at the back of, you know, a moment of seizing and seeing an opportunity? And what were some of your thought processes when that opportunity came to light? 
Well, it was like um, the perfect make yourself available and something, <laughs> right? You know, will that you know will appear out of like left field? Um, I had left uh, the World Bank Group. I was just exhausted. It had been an incredible journey, um, but I had not made it into their Africa region, and I was really interested in working on Africa stories. Um, and Earl was graduating high school that year, I think, and, you know, so my life was changing and I was in a better position to, 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 to sort of be more prescriptive about what I want to do rather than in, you know, be in survival mode or what I have to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so from, um, a work trip, a prior work trip, I'd met a person, um, a comms officer at AFDB, and we had um, gone to document a couple of projects um, together. And just out of the blue, I'd mentioned that I was interested in, in that particular institute. Well, I was curious about it, but I'd never, you know, obviously worked there. <laughs> And just, you know, when a consulting opportunity came up, she she remembered me and she asked if I was interested and I sent my resume and and sort of conversations happened um, from there. There was a team that was looking for someone, you know, on a consulting basis, so a very short-term thing. And, you know, that's the opportunity that presented itself um, literally while I was just chilling on the couch <laughs> in Arlington, Virginia, yeah. you know, trying to, you know, to see, you know, what opportunity would present itself next for me. And yeah. So sometimes it's okay to sit it out because I think if I had been still in a full-time job, I wouldn't have been able to consider that consulting opportunity and then you know I wouldn't have had the chance to to to, to see a different way yeah. and to see another institution and to to be in another part of the world and to to be in a francophone country you know yeah. um, which was interesting my French is I did study French in high school and in university but you know when you don't use a language it doesn't stick around <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so it was, it was, um, it was just one of those moments where, you know, while I'm literally just being patient and sitting and waiting to see what's going to attract my attention next, right? you know, somebody reaches out and, and I think that's probably one of the lessons, um, when I, when I coach young professionals that I emphasize the most is to really handle your networks well. Mm-hmm. And, and and be respectful and value but ask questions people are willing to help if you ask for help or if you if you let people know what you're looking for you yeah. know so that consulting opportunity doesn't come to me if at the time that I, I meet the comms woman yeah um, I, I don't mention that actually this is an institution <laughs> I'm interested in but I assumed that you have to be a fluent French speaker Right. to to even a chance there you know so just letting somebody know mm-hmm. um that you're open to something when that something presents themselves presents itself then people right. know to say hey you know Jacqueline mentioned that she would really you know like to try that 
But if you don't know what you want and you don't proactively tell people or your network what it is you're looking for, people can't really help you, right? They're not mind readers. They've got their own lives. <laughs> that is um, And their full-time job is not finding you an opportunity. You just need to make it easy um, for them to say, hey, I've got the best candidate. Um, I have an incredible network. I regularly... Um, send people CVs um, when I see an opportunity from a, a contact that I think I know somebody who would be amazing in it and make the connection you know yeah it, it's for that person that I'm connecting to sell themselves if they fail to that's their problem and I know not to <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah you know but I also like I take the time to I, I can't I won't just make an introduction without having conversations with both sides to understand, you know, um, is this really a good connection to make for both of them? Because you don't want to waste people's time. You know, you guys are busy. Um, Managers that are recruiting to fill positions are super busy, you know, so I don't want to make an introduction that becomes a burden um, for both sides. I try to make a good fit, um, do my homework, because also then it strengthens each side's relationship with me and strengthens my network Mm -hmm. as well. So everybody wins. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And I think it's something I can strongly resonate with because mm. as some, you know, we were very, I think even when we talked, you know, everyone was just open about their goals, their aspirations, what they would love to do on the continent. And I remember one yeah. of the things that you said you wanted to do was to be doing a lot of workshops, especially. In- yes. And you set it up. You made it happen. <laughs> You wanted to do brand because I was clear. Yeah, she's yeah. very clear. And we yeah. saw an opportunity with the and co-working space, and we made it happen. And we you know, yeah. you know? <laughs> and and you know, and it's like that thing where, like, even like for me, I, I was just like, you know, a beneficiary as well, learning and being inspired in the process, but seeing how. Jacqueline is able to then cultivate that re- relationships and yeah. take them to the next level, like another level and another yeah. level. And she's like a master connector. It's actually like, whoa. <laughs> and then you connected me to Jacqueline. Yeah. That's how we ended up, you know, meeting each other as well. It is honestly really an inspiring. I think, you know, it's inspiring to just find other women. Yeah. And especially, I think for us, obviously, Jacqueline, you know this, we're on the younger side of you. But then when we see, yes, like, I love it. you, I love it's like goals. It's like, yeah, yeah well, we're fine. We, we're going to kill it. It's just a reminder. That yeah, you will. Your generation <laughs> is so, so ready for everything. Yeah. That's but coming your way. Yeah, but we feel so humbled as well when we have uh, mentors like yourselves within our circles that also just uh, give us confidence to be ourselves and to yeah. just be bold. Um you know, Jacqueline has this, it's like a Sylvia mentality where it's like, whose mentality? Sylvia, why should I suffer in this Me? life? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no suffering. I'm not here no. to suffer. I'm, here, I'm here to occupy the space and I'm going to be occupy the great. And, and be there for the conversation. <laughs> yeah. To enjoy the work that I do, you know, yes. like this short to, to wait until when to live it, you know, you're living it now. Yeah, and as yeah. you say, life is really short, and it's yeah, yeah, it's for living. It really is for living. <laughs> yeah, for living. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we've had a great conversation today, Jacqueline. We're just getting close to the time zone. Um, but uh-huh. I just wanted to give you a few minutes to just kind of like you know share something out there for 
other like-minded women, other like-minded people, even guys, mm-hmm. men. Parting um, words. Parting words um, that can take us forward for a while. Yeah, no, I think the the fundamentals stay the same, you know, which is you have to be clear about what you want, right? And then you have to do the work to go after it. Um, because that's where it gets exciting. That's where it gets interesting to have an idea, to have the guts to make a first contact or to reach out to somebody to help you make it a reality and then to go on the journey. But if you don't make that first um, realization that this is what I want to do and then take that first action, it's one thing to know what you want to do, but it's another to actually do it. Right. Um, you won't attract the collaborations and the support and the feedback and, and the ideas and the enthusiasm that will actually help you take an idea and make it part of your reality or at least test it out, see that it doesn't work and move on, you know. And I, don't, I like not to have too many regrets, huh? <laughs> uh, literally, like when I'm like 90, whatever, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I would like to have like a treasure trove of memories that just keep me entertained in the old people's home with my own stories <laughs> and adventures, you know? Ooh, uh, I don't want to be, be that grandma, yeah, to be the grandma that with so, so many inspiring. stories. I'm right exactly. behind you on that. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to be at that age thinking, oh, I wish I had, oh, when I had the chance to and I was too scared. You know, I don't want that. Yeah. I think that's like the worst way to, to age in a way. Mm. You know, I want to say, oh my God, how did I even have the guts to do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to be able to laugh to myself. And I want the person in the old people's home in the other bed thinking, how come her life is always so interesting? <laughs> choices. Okay. We've made different choices. Yeah. Yeah, because I chose yeah. that I would have these memories at this time because I lived the life that gave me those memories. <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. It we it it does resonate with us, and you know, living in the moment and then just knowing life yeah. is important for that. Yeah, you have to balance being um, practical and cautious, but with also having a little bit of courage, you know. Right. Because uh, you do, if you don't stretch yourself, you don't really get to go on that big ride in life and have the adventures. And in the end, memories are all that we'll end up with, you know. So you have to make them fabulous. <laughs> yes, totally. I agree. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for coming to have a chat with us. Again, guys, this is 55 Safe Spaces. We are so grateful to have Jacqueline come on board and, you know, share her nuggets, life story, and hopefully you get to connect with her. She has, she's doing amazing work on communication and running also 55 Stories, which is about women entrepreneurs in the African continent. If you want to connect, check her out. We'll leave all the description in the podcast once we post. And again, thank you again for tuning in and we're so grateful. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you both. Have a good day. Yeah.